For those of us remaining in the room, if you have your Bible, please turn with me to the book of Romans, chapter 1. We're going to read a few verses, 21 through 25, Romans, chapter 1. This is the word of the Lord. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator, who is forever praised. Amen. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. Would you bow with me for a word of prayer? Gracious and loving God, what an extraordinary thing it is to gather around your word with sisters and brothers, each desiring to know you more. Lord, we seek you in this space and time. We desire nothing but you. Fill us with the power and presence of your Holy Spirit that we would receive wisdom beyond our capacity. Lord, open our eyes that we would see, our ears that we would hear. Open our minds that we would come to know and understand your word and indeed your ultimate will for us. Open our hearts that we would feel the power of your word. In response, we pray, O oh God, that you would open our hands, that we would offer grace to your children, your people, on your behalf. We pray this in faith in Jesus' name. The people of God said, amen. So I love debate. Anyone here like debate? Just uh, come on, raise your hand if you like debating. Uh, so all, all, everybody who doesn't like debating, stay away from those folks, okay? Because arguing with them, it's just not fun. I understand this, I, I, but I, I'm in for the argument. I'm in for the debate. I enjoy that. Um, the, the back and forth, the give and take. And my favorite debate uh, right now is the debate that Sam and I have consistently. Sam is my 10-year-old son. Uh, he's rising into uh, the fifth grade, and he and I will debate on who loves the other more. All right? It's, it's, it's a precious thing. You know, he, he will tell me that, that, that he loves me the most, and I will tell him that I love him the most, and then we're trying to prove it to one another. And I got to admit that whenever the debate begins, I'm always like, yeah, more than Addie, more than Aiden, more than mommy. I am the favorite, the most loved, the most cherished. 
Uh, I could only say that on Father's Day. All right, that's that on any other day, it's an inappropriate thing for me to bring up. Uh, you know, and it has a little bit of guess how much I love you, children's book sort of feel to it, you know, uh, that we read uh, to our kids growing up, that I read to Sam as he was growing up, uh, where I, I love you as high as I could jump, I love you like uh, to the bottom of your feet when you stand upside down and then fling up in the air, I love you uh, to the moon and back. Uh, how much do I love you? That's my favorite debate right now. It's so interesting to think about this, this idea of first love. This entire year, 2023 at Covenant, has been about first love. We love because God first loved us. In Jesus Christ, we know that love, and we're able to testify to the ways in which we've experienced, acknowledged, uh, and related to God's love. But we also are able to acknowledge that we have a series of loves in our lives. There, there are many things that we love. We love uh, to, play, uh, to play games. We love to play Mexican train. Uh, we love to watch baseball. We love our, our jobs, I hope. I hope that you love your job. We love our spouses, our family, our kids. And the question is, how does all this rate? What's the proper ordering of things because in reality whenever we get down to it if, if if we are going to to love because god first loved us in jesus christ then then we should also be clear that god is to be the first amongst all of our loves that god is to be the first amongst all of our loves it's good to love your spouse it's bad to love your spouse more than you love God. It's good to love your kids. It's bad to love your kids more than you love God. And so in this series, as we're journeying through the summer, began last week and moving forward, we are focusing in on honing in together on what it means to make God our first love. To make God our first love love. I, I, I enjoy uh, encountering moments in scripture whenever I'm able to, uh, to meet the infamous they. Did, did you get that in the scripture? If you still have your Bibles out, you could, you could look at it with me there. It's a whole bunch of they and there and them and none of it is me. Ooh. I mean, it is so good to know that this is talking about someone and it's not talking about me. So I could read it and think, maybe I could learn from this, learn from what other people are encountering, but not me. You? Um, you you've never read scripture just thinking, I'm glad this isn't talking about me? Okay, we need to, to drill down and encounter this text in a personal way. And in, in that work, as we encounter this text in a personal way, it lands in a totally different frame of reference. It's no longer they, them, and there. Now it's me, I, my. So let's do that. Let's, let's, let's reread the text, understanding that this is for you, for me, for us. Are you ready? Oh, y'all aren't ready for this. Y'all are like, don't do it, Jason. Please don't do it. Don't, don't, don't personalize. No, we're going to do it. Okay. Verse 21, we're going we're gonna to read the whole thing personalized. For although I knew God, I neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But my thinking became futile 
and my foolish heart was darkened. Although I claimed to be wise, I became a fool and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal human beings and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave me over in my sinful desire the desires of my heart to sexual impurity for the degrading of my body with one another. I exchanged the truth about God for a lie. And I worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever to be praised. Amen. Totally different. It's not about someone else, somewhere else, doing something else. It's about you and me. And then this scripture breaks us open as a prayer of confession. Where we're experiencing the deep felt, honest, vulnerable space of conviction. That cries out for something more and something else. We must engage this scripture and many others that we like to talk about for they and them and there. We must engage this in a personal way and let it be our heart's cry. And now as you've acknowledge this text for you, uh, I hope, uh, I, want, I want us to, to, to dive in specifically to one word that's repeated in these, uh, in these verses. It's the word exchange. Exchange. This word exchange is, is repeated twice. It's both in verse 23, they exchange the glory of the immortal God for images. And then in verse 25, they exchange the truth about God for a lie. Worshipped and created the created things rather than the creator. You, you see this exchange language is something critical for us to be able to wrap our minds around. Because life is filled with choices. And every single choice that is made is an exchange from one future reality to another. Every time we make a decision, we are making an exchange of what the future would hold. It's as though we're reading one of those books and at the end of the chapter, you get to pick the page that you're turning to. Turn to page 38 or turn to page 162 and at the end of that chapter, you pick again and pick again and pick again and pick again because every time we make a choice, the story of our future changes. This is the reality of life. This is... Our exchange. And the truth about who we are as human beings is we will worship. We will worship. We are made to worship. We will uh, crave after desire. We will praise. And the question is what? What will we worship? What will we praise? Where will we give our attention and affection? And every time we have that moment where there is a choice... The choice between worshiping, praising, offering our affections to God or to something else, 
there is an exchange that has a ripple effect in our lives and in the way in which God will be known in us, through us, and amongst us in the future. This reality of an exchange is worth us spending some time with. You see, uh, the, the word exchange has many uh, different uh, definitions if you were to look it up, but one that I think resonates uh, with, uh, with the purpose of this text is the exchange is, or to exchange is, to engage in bartering, replacing, or substituting one thing for another. Bartering, replacing, or substituting one thing for another. And now that makes a little bit more sense because uh, whenever we are placing another love above that love we have for God, we are, uh, we are substituting, we are removing God from God's rightful place and position in our lives, and we are uh, putting God in a lower position. It's the grand exchange. But what is it for us to understand that sometimes this happens in very obvious ways, in very overt ways, uh, and in ways that the Scripture points to uh, those physical exchanges. They exchanged the glory for the immortal God with something that looked like, something that was physical, something that was tangible. And, and, and we read in Scripture those exchanges, and it makes sense to us. You know, uh, they're in the wilderness, and Moses goes up uh, to receive the Ten Commandments. And before he could come down, what did they do? They said, we're worshiping this God that is, this, that, that is, that is not physical, that is intangible. And so uh, and we're going to make a God, a God for us that we could see, that we could worship, that we could touch. We're going to make a golden calf. Okay. That makes sense. It's, it's this physical thing. And then, and then in, uh, in, in Daniel's story and in the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we have back-to-back narratives that, that are very simple substitutes, physical substitutes for us. Daniel, you have to pray uh, to Nebuchadnezzar. You're not to pray to your God. This is a physical uh, exchange. You're going to exchange God for Nebuchadnezzar. Lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, bow down, worship the fiery furnace. And whenever we see those exchanges, uh, because they are inherently tangible, because they are based off of uh, audible commands, or they're based off of a physical exchange, it's very easy for us. And sometimes we could think, okay, all I have to do is avoid those physical exchanges. Whenever I put this physical thing over and above God. As long as I don't make uh, the worship of my automobile, my home, uh, a person, a family member, uh, something uh, above God, then I'm okay. It's the classic of people or stuff. And sure, those are natural idols for us. Those are things that we're tempted to exchange for God, people and stuff. But that's not the only thing that we are to protect ourselves from, our hearts guarded, uh, so that we might appropriately worship the Lord. It's not simply people and stuff. It's also those things that are intangible. And these things are much sneakier. 
They are much more subversive. Because they're distorted and they're veiled and they're easy to fall into. Temptations around success or glory, achievement or fame that somehow, some way, we disconnect from the reality that all too often those are really a mere uh, substitute, a mere exchange of ourselves for God as we pursue our own success, our own fame, our own achievement, as what we worship, we are saying, I am God, rather than putting our Heavenly Father on, in his rightful place on the throne. But not just that, also uh, this, 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 this movement, this wave that seems to be overwhelming the world that, that has been there from the very beginning, but it continues to, to rear its ugly head, this idol of feelings or experiences being built into idols and exchanged for God. That if I could just find that adrenaline rush, that next experience that would bring me to that high. Pursuing addiction, addiction for substance or addiction for sex, such that that becomes our exchange for God. Brothers and sisters, this is subversive, this is veiled, but it is clearly a distortion of what we are meant to do and to be. We, we are not built to worship these things because they all fade away, they all fall short. None of them produce abundant or eternal life. This is, after all, what is nearly summarized for us in the opening of verse 25. I want you to sit with, with this, uh, this uh, verse. I want it to pour over you. I want it to become one of those verses that you memorize, and you memorize it in a personalized way. The verse says, They exchanged the truth about God for a lie, but I want you to memorize it as I and tempted to exchange the truth about God for a lie. That is the temptation, isn't it? The temptation that we face. If God is truth and Satan is lie, then, then we are tempted to exchange God for a lie. And we know that to be true. Scripture teaches us uh, the, 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 uh, the variation between uh, truth and lie and how it is related inherently into the very nature of who God is and who Satan is. In John chapter 8, verse 44, uh, we hear uh, an articulation about, uh, about what, uh, what the nature of Satan is and how he operates. Follow with me here. You belong, this is Jesus speaking, this is in the red letters, okay? This is John chapter 8 in the red letters, you ready? You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He's a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. Did you hear that? In Satan, there is no truth, none. There's no truth in Satan. 
And when he lies, he speaks his native language. It's what is natural to him. The way in which he operates and communicates in the world. And then he says, uh, yet, uh, this is his native, native language, for he is a liar. Satan is a liar. And he is the father of lies. He is the father of lies. He has a legacy, a generational heritage of lies passed down from generation to generation through the fall as we were tempted to exchange God for our own authority in Genesis. And now carried on in us today this this grand exchange temptation that we have to exchange God, the truth of God, for a lie. And every time we make that exchange, we are choosing Satan over God. And how do we know that God, that Jesus is the antithesis to Satan, that that we have lies, the father of lies, and in him there is no truth in Satan? Well, Jesus speaks it very clearly again in the Gospel of John, again in the red letters, in chapter 14, verse 6. Follow with me here because we need to see these connections so so that when we arrive in Romans uh, chapter 1, verse 25, we are so familiar with it, it resonates deeply for us. John 14, verse 6, Jesus answered to these questions that were arising from Thomas about where he's going, what he's doing. Jesus answered him, I am. Now, remember, anytime Jesus is using I am language, he is hearkening back to this name of God resonating for us that this is in God's very nature and as Jesus is the divine son of God he is also this I am and he says I am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me except through truth our access To God in eternal life is through the truth. So whenever we hear, sisters and brothers, that they exchange the truth about God for a lie, we must, we must personalize it. Because this is our daily battle. And it is a battle. It is spiritual warfare because Satan is trying to convince us that any of these alternatives, whether they be physical or intangible, are an appropriate substitute exchange for God. And they aren't. You know, whenever... You travel overseas and, and you need to get the currency of that nation. Uh, you you uh, pay really close attention to the exchange rate, right? You, you, you start doing some research before you go because you want to be sure that whenever you tra- trade your money, you're getting a good exchange rate. Uh, you don't want to get hoodwinked. You don't want to, uh, to miss out on the value. So you pay attention to the exchange rate. I want us today to pay attention to the exchange rate whenever we are tempted to exchange the truth of God for a lie. What do we have as believers when we have faith in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior? Savior. 
We have abundant life today, here, now, today, and we have eternal life in glory with God forever. And whenever we exchange the truth of God for a lie, we need to start asking some questions. Is this other, this other person, this other thing, this other experience, this other feeling, is this other going to give me abundant life? Is this other going to give me eternal life and glory with my Heavenly Father? And the answer is obviously and every time, no. No, it's not. So let us read yet again this passage from Romans chapter 1 in a personalized way. And I want to invite you to hear this as a confession, your confession Let this be your prayer, and then let us allow it to lead us in conviction to repentance so that through repentance we might experience that grand gift of worship of God. Let's hear this as our prayer. For although I knew God, I neither glorified him as God, nor did I give thanks to him. But my thinking became futile and my foolish heart was darkened. Although I claimed to be wise, I became a fool and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal human beings and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave me over in the sinful desires of my heart to sexual impurity for the degrading of my body with one another. I exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the Creator who is forever to be praised. Amen. Would you pray with me? God, this is our confession. This is the confession of our hearts because it's our story just like it's their story, just like it's the world's story. Lord, we have a propensity to sin. We are broken. We are fallen. And we are in need of you. You have provided a way in Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord and Savior. And so we cry out to you, Almighty God, in confession. We, we, we pray that this would not merely be confession, but it would be repentance, Lord. We no longer want to walk in that way. We no longer seek those things, but Lord, we seek only after you. Lord, we, we seek to place you first amongst our loves so that there is nothing else that has that seat of authority and power in our lives. Lord, we submit our whole selves to you and we cry out to you, Lord, Abba, Father, We need you. We love you. Thank you for 
for your son. Thank you for what you've done on the cross. Thank you that you defeated death and rose to life, that we might have life. Lord, thank you. Thank you. We, we praise you. We don't cease to praise you. We don't cease to thank you, Lord. We only want you. We only want your truth, the truth that you love us, the truth that that, that, you, that you came for us, that you continue to seek after us, the truth that you have given us your Holy Spirit. So Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit on us, your people, to give us the strength that is necessary for the spiritual battle of today and every day. Lord, we want nothing to do with Satan's lies that call us to take that seed of glory from you or place something else in that seat. We want nothing of that, Lord. Nothing. We only want you. So, Lord, we seek you in, in grace and in truth, worshiping you, celebrating your majesty. Father God, we love you. We need you this and every day. And we thank you for loving us. Lord, as we continue in worship, we enter into a time of offering. Lord, I pray that you would use this time for your glory, that all the gifts that are offered in this space and time uh, would bring honor to your name. Lord, bless the gifts and the givers alike. All that is done be for your glory and nothing more, nothing else. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.